Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. LinkedIn jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, interests, and even how open they are to new opportunities. For $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash fool. That's linkedin.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. It's Wednesday, September 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank goodness for coffee, which is keeping you awake, because the U.S. Open, for those not following the tennis tournament, it's keeping some late hours, and and so were you last night. Yeah, between the U.S. Open and my uh, my new puppy, I'm <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of sleep. So more coffee than usual? No. Oh no! no I, I, it's just the same. It's, I drink coffee from the time I wake up to when I go to sleep. So. Exactly. Um, so we've got but some it's more coffee because I've been up more. There you go. So, so it is. So yeah. the overall volume is the same. No, I mean it's it's really a matter of how many hours awake I am. Uh, allows me to drink more coffee, right? But I mean, not to get too in the weeds, but we've already gone off the tracks here. <laughs> the overall volume of coffee you're consuming is up because the number of hours yes. you're awake is yes. up. But the like coffee per hour, that ratio is still the same. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, all. <sighs> so we've got some earnings. Uh, we've got uh, some more bad news from the world of of packaged foods. Uh, and we will um, touch on the drama taking place across the Potomac River from us. Um, want to start though with a quick update on yesterday's lead story, and that was that was JD.com uh, when Matt Argusinger and I were talking about um, CEO Richard Liu. Um, we were operating on uh, not a lot of details because not a lot of details were available. More details available now, and it is what's sending shares of JD.com even lower. Um, uh, amid these reports, that um, now Richard Liu is facing an allegation of rape. Um, it could bring formal charges as early as Friday, when a, a police investigation is expected to wrap up. So clearly, this is very much a story in flux, and um, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on it as things unfold over the week, uh, and and possibly, if not probably, hit it on Motley Fool Money this weekend. Uh, with that, uh, as you and I are sitting here recording this across the river on Capitol Hill, uh, all eyes on um, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, and Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer at Facebook, as they uh, are spending some quality time with um, the United States, some members of the United States Senate. Um, you and I were talking about this earlier. This is. Um, there seems to be a lot of certainly in the in the coverage leading up to this hearing, which is ongoing right now. Um, there certainly was uh, a lot of speculation about where it might go, where what questions might senators ask, what might the answers be, what possible ramifications could there be for these large businesses, including Alphabet, by the way. Um, uh, Alphabet decided they weren't going to send anyone to testify at this. And and um, there is some, some open mocking of, of Alphabet uh, at the hearing because of that. Um, but as you and I were talking earlier today, it, it, it kind of seems like the, um, the way to bet is on sort of how these things have played out in the past, just in terms of we're not sure exactly what Jack Dorsey and Sheryl Sandberg are going to say, but we have a pretty good guess at what they're going to say. Is that fair? 
Well, I think that what they're going to say is that they agree that more needs to be done, uh, and and they're going to direct the who needs to do it toward themselves. And so that is the best case scenario: is that they are not faced with regulations from uh, Congress or or anywhere else. Uh, and that they can show, as I believe they are showing, that they're spending more money uh, on confronting uh, fake accounts, and uh, that that they are handling it. And they need to show some results, and they, they have been showing results in terms of how many accounts have been shut down. They've got to tread carefully. Uh, because you know, in terms of what questions the senators are asking, uh, I imagine that a lot of senators are there more to make speeches than to ask questions. Not having watched it, um, but I think that's the way these things do play out. It is typically how they play out. But yeah, no, I think, and uh, this is one of those times where it's worth remembering that once upon a time. Before she was chief operating officer of Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg was one of, I think, Larry Summers' top lieutenants when he was the Treasury Secretary. So Sheryl Sandberg very much knows her way around Washington D.C. and and these types of political uh, theaters, for lack of a better word. Uh, Jack Dorsey, I'm sure he's going to. Well, I'm not sure. I'm guessing he's going to comport himself well, um, but. I watched a little bit of the opening of the hearing, and and Sheryl Sandberg was every bit as impressive as I expected her to be. But yeah, to your point, there's going to be a lot of yes, Senator. That's a great point. Sure, we need to do more. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a great question. We're doing uh, more. Uh, obviously, we can always do more, but we're we're, we're and we are doing more. Obviously, here are the steps we're taking. Here are the steps we're taking, and the landmine in particular that is being placed in front of them uh, is, hey, uh, it seems like, and uh, there are people taking their lead from the administration on uh, the accusation that uh, Twitter and or Facebook are biased uh, against the Republican Party. And that they, Dorsey in particular, has got to say, no, this is what we've done. This is why it's even handed. This is the data that we have that, that shows that uh, a tweet from somebody from uh, the right gets read as much as a tweet from somebody from the left. And here's, here's our proof. Uh, you know, I think that that is the kind of mathematical proof that is not going to convince anybody up there who is out trying to just make a, a soundbite point, uh, I don't think that the ultimate audience for that conspiracy theory is going to be dissuaded by evidence. Uh, but that's all that uh, I think you know Dorsey and Sandberg have on their side, is to produce, to manufacture evidence that there isn't a political bias. Uh, and to go back to sort of the response, I mean, because this gets made fun of, and and probably rightly so, the number of times on a quarterly conference call that an analyst will lead his or her question for uh, a company's management by saying, "Great quarter," just "Great quarter, guys." Here's my question. Uh, in fact, I think there might even be a Twitter account <laughs> that's called "Great Quarter, Guys." Um, so you you never want to play that drinking game when you're listening to conference calls. Uh, by the same token, I don't think you want to play the drinking game today of 
Uh, take a drink every time Sheryl Sandberg uh, or Jack Dor- Dorsey begin their answer with, "Well, that's a good point, Senator. That's a good question, Senator." Yeah, because we're going to hear that a lot. But if I could explain this in terms that your grandchild would understand, <laughs> right. which would be, you know, more productive than trying to explain, you know, the internets to you. Um, it's not a series of tubes, as we know from from some distant uh, congressional hearings. Yes. How great would that be, by the way, if if just if Dorsey and Sandberg could just say whatever they wanted. And just you know, if it's the fifth hour of the testimony, they're like, "Oh, really, Senator? Yeah, okay. yeah. You're on Instagram. Great. Yeah. How's that going? Anyway, uh, let's move on to some earnings from Restoration Hardware, which, and I must have missed this, is no longer Restoration Hardware. It is formerly RH, and we'll get to the name change in a moment. But um, just bear with me as I stick with Restoration Hardware. Um, it was a, the second quarter report was kind of mixed. Their their guidance for the rest of the fiscal year looked good, but I'm wondering if the fact that shares being down about 10 percent today are more to do with the fact that this stock has had a phenomenal 12 month run. This stock has more than even with the drop today. This thing has more than doubled over the past year. Yeah, I th- I think that is correct. That it is a product of the stock getting ahead of the story. As good as the story has been in terms of the company succeeding at transitioning into this membership model and uh, doing a good job of rationalizing costs and not being uh, in the same position as so many other retailers of needing to. Uh, catch up online and and start closing down stores. They don't have that many stores to close down. They've only got about sixty five, I think. Uh, and so I I think they're more sort of maybe in this area than a lot of other parts of the country because it was surprising to me how few stores there are. Um, and to, to backtrack on one point, we've we spent like half a show talking about uh, how it was called RH instead of Restoration. We Harbor. did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm clearly I'm old and, and I haven't drunk as much coffee as you. Um, yeah, th- this one doesn't make as much sense to me as as um, even Coach changing to Tapestry. That makes more sense to me than this. But really, yeah, because they don't sell hardware. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, the name made no sense, and now it continues to make no sense. But it's not misleading. Like RH, it could be any letters, right? And it would that doesn't tell you what the store does, but at least it doesn't mislead you the way Restoration Hardware did. Yeah, but even when the business of Restoration Hardware was not doing as well as it appears to be doing right now, at least the name evoked a certain type of brand, and you understood, yes, it's not Ace Hardware, I'm not going there to get a box of nails, but at least you understood what it Actually, did now RH? It could be anything. It could be a law firm. It could be a sandwich shop. I I think you've got to admit that you have picked this one wrong all the way. You were you you initiated uh, coverage of the business model with a with a strong sell. The loyalty program. The loyalty program. I was one hundred percent wrong about the loyalty program when they unveiled that a few years ago, and I thought, really, you're going to have a loyalty program. On a business that sells five thousand dollar leather sofas, 
good luck with that. And they've they've absolutely crushed it. So, yeah, because once you've got the loyalty program, you got to buy a new sofa every year to like maximize your you know the value of your membership. I don't think it works like that, but it is working. It is working, and and so they have. Uh, Dramatically increased their earnings, and then that is one of the things they pointed to today. And part of the, the, as you point out, the mixed story is they missed on revenues, and they're guiding a little bit lower, I think, on revenues going forward. And okay, that's bad, right? Well, as they point out in their press release covering this, the reason they're that explains that is they are not discounting and they are not being highly promotional. So they are willing to miss out on some sales to keep their uh, price points higher and uh, and their margins higher. And their margins are quite a bit higher than they had been in the past. And uh, I think their operating margins are around 13%, which is higher than the uh, average for the S&P 500. So, uh, for a retailer, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, and so, that is a path that they are Saying they're going to continue to do. I think they've got an investor day tomorrow, and they've got a new like flagship store opening in New York. So on balance, I think that other than looking at the stock price uh, retreating, you know, to where it was maybe a month ago, two months ago, something like that, uh, it's it's still I think up nearly a triple over the last 52 weeks. Have you ever been to a company's investor day? Not necessarily this company, but just any company's. I'm I'm curious what. Yeah. What if what as an analyst are you getting out of an investor day that you wouldn't out of say a quarterly conference call or something like that so they'll give you maybe you know 3 or 4 hours instead of one and it's it's more about uh, you know the the state of the company in the future rather than the quarter uh, so it's a lot of PowerPoint presentations, and you have presentations from different people who have. It's not all the CEO or all the CFO as as an earnings call uh, is, and uh, you know you get more food out of it too. I mean, you get usually get like a decent lunch, maybe some maybe some tchotchkes, maybe some some you know some swag. I'm assuming I got Kobe beef at uh, one of these things like really? last year. Yeah. What do you remember? What the company was? Yeah, NMC Health. A health company was giving out Kobe beef. Well, nothing healthier than beef, right? Only coffee. <laughs> um, quick shout out to LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business, and that's why it's so important to find the right person. And where do you find that person? You find them on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is more than the world's largest professional network. It's also a better way to find great talent. 70% of the US workforce. Is already on LinkedIn. So, I mean, look, if you're hiring, what are you waiting for? Businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. And that's what you want with your, when you're hiring. You want quality candidates coming through the door for the interview. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who have posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. 22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week in every industry, even yours, even mine. And if you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're just missing out. So, here's the good news. You can hurry on over to LinkedIn.com slash fool and get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. We've talked before about the packaged food industry being perhaps the most troubled industry in 2018. Uh, certainly, if you look at the turnover in the executive suite at 
packaged food companies. Um, it's it's getting pretty grim out there, and it gets even grimmer with the news today that Kellogg's um, has issued a massive recall of its Honey Smack cereal. Um, they had already um, had salmonella concerns earlier this year. Um, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says um, now the number of cases uh, of salmonella linked to the cereal is up to 130, spread out over 36 states. If I'm Chipotle, I'm just as discreetly as possible. I am pushing this story to as many people in the media as possible, because if you're Chipotle, you're like, hey, we had one location in Ohio, just one. This Kellogg's. The monsters at Kellogg's are blanketing this country with this death cereal of theirs. I shouldn't say death cereal because there's there's not actually. It would a be. It wouldn't be as funny, would it? it would, if it, <laughs> it, were, if it, it were death cereal, if people were actually dying. From joking this. would be inappropriate. Yes. Um, so instead, Whereas, people are just getting sick from uh, from Honey Smacks. Um, <sighs> Salmonella can kill you, but it has not. Uh, so therefore, we feel that there's license to. Make jokes about about this. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is tough times for cereal. Although Kellogg's stock has rebounded a little bit, a little bit lately, but it's mostly you know a flat place to invest over about the last half decade. Uh, going back to what we were talking about with Restoration Hardware and the margins uh, being a big part of their story, that's a big part of the problem for packaged uh, foods. Uh, they just can't. They don't really have the pricing power that they used to. The private label options are better. Uh, they're coming much closer to the quality of, uh, you know, your classic branded cereals. And um, food costs, in, uh, the inflation is showing up in the input costs uh, for Kellogg and others. And uh, they don't have, you know, they're also. Wedded to a lot of things which are not exactly healthy, uh, which is part of the reason that I've always loved eating their cereals. Right. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember when the name of this cereal in particular was not Honey Smacks; it was Sugar Smacks. Yeah, that that sounds better. Well, it certainly was Salmonella Smacks, <laughs> which I recommend they do not pursue. Well, I mean, it's, you know, to go back to the stock, you you talk about how it's rebounded a little bit, but I mean, this is just this is already a troubled industry, and this is just one more headline that makes me as an investor. It just reminds me, oh right, I don't want anything to do with investing into this industry right now. No, well, it can be it can be part of a completely nutritious portfolio, as they would tell you. That's how they would phrase it. It's not going to be the uh, the sugary part of the of the. Uh, it's it's more like the wheat bread, you know, part of your complete cereal, completely nutritious breakfast. Which is ironic, given the amount of sugar in these cereals. Yeah, that that in terms of your investment portfolio, it's like no, we're going to be the. You don't have to worry about us. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be the blue chip. We're going to give you a little dividend. That kind of thing. I feel like I was blessed with more sugary cereals in my youth than you were. Oh, I don't think that's a feeling. I think that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, based on conversations we've had. Yeah, no. And and part of my proof for this is when we discussed the um, Mount Rushmore of cereals, and I decided you could have two sugary and two non-sugary cereals, and that was the right way to divide up Mount Rushmore. You were trying to place Rice Krispies as one of the sugary cereals. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And yet, that was uh, you know I'm a product of my my own upbringing. So like that's that I was. What sugary cereals were you allowed? 
you know, Rice Krispies was kind of pushing the envelope there. Yeah. On Christmas Day, I would one of the things I would get was a you know they have the individual boxes, mm-hmm. and they sell them in eight packs, and I would get one of the I would get an eight pack of sugary cereal, and that would be that would that was glorious. I, first of all, it's Christmas. Second of all, no school. Third of all, for the next eight days, I've got all the sugary cereal I want. This explains your, you know, addiction to Pop Tarts now. <laughs> is that you weren't you weren't allowed as many would, as a child? You know, I think addiction. I think that's an overstatement on your part. That's they're, they're an indulgence. Every indulgence. now and then, I'll. I'll, I'll but go. you'll make a trip specifically to get some Pop Tarts, or you used to when the before the place closed that had them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Luckily. I'm not. But here's the thing: I'm not uh, like I don't go crazy with pop tarts. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, I'm gonna have the chocolate s'mores, you know, the cookie dough, <laughs> you know, pop tarts. It's like, no, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm old school. I, I'm going fruit. Yeah, there's no sugar in in those. There's sugar, but you know what else there is? A little something we like to call eight essential vitamins <laughs> and iron. Exactly, and all minerals. those good things. Uh, you can also find all those good investing things at FoolFunds.com. You can read more from Bill Barker and his friends and colleagues at Motley Fool Asset Management. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.